Well, friends, it's that time again, a time for a new story. And today I am going to change it up a little because, like I said, this uh, podcast isn't going to be only covering Storymatic, the game, but also some other parts of just things that I do during story time. Basically, like making up my own stories or... uh, sharing some stories from childhood. So today I have before us The Promise of the Dragon, which is the book that I wrote. Um, I actually have published this book uh, through a self-publishing program uh, called lulu.com and it's a great, great resource for those people out there who are Uh, writers who don't want to go through the normal channels of publishing because the normal channels of publishing can be very challenging, very, um, what's the word? Uh, well, yeah, they're very challenging, I guess. I, I can't think of the word right now. Anyways, um, I have published a book through Lulu before, uh, which uh, you guys could possibly find there. It's called The Sun, Sky, The Stars, The Moon, a historical fiction about the Australian prison life. Um, And that's a whole other book that I don't have with me in my house right now because I gave the copy that I purchased to my family and they have it. Um, but I have a copy of the newest book, The Promise of the Dragon, that I wrote, um, with me right now. So I thought, what better thing to do than to allow you guys to have a, um, autobook version of The Promise of the Dragon along with the actual book. So... If you want to purchase it, it's available on lulu.com. Again, that's L-U-L-U.com. And you can find it just by putting in the words The Promise of the Dragon or uh, keywords uh, such as like fantasy, dark fantasy, dragon, certain things like that if you can't remember the title. Um, And it's by me, of course, so you can also look it up by author um, Linnea Puckett. So, uh, just to give you a little, uh, grab in interest, the back of the book has a little piece of information that gets you hooked into the story. It says, what is promise? For a dragon, it means everything, even in the midst of strife and pain. One dragon's simple promise could mean the end of the war and a new beginning for one person he cares about the most. Amiri, the little orphan girl who he has taken under his wing. Find out what happens in The Promise of the Dragon. Um, so like I said, this book was published by me, so it is completely um, legal for me to do this, because obviously written by me I can talk about it on my podcast oh uh let's read this book shall we 
And um, I hope you like it. One of the most terrifying parts of living in a war-divided world is that one could never truly sleep peacefully knowing full well that their house might be the next one attacked, thinking that night might be the last time they have peace, that there may be a chance they may never wake up. It is almost impossible to pull away from, to ignore, to let go freely. How is it possible that during all this hate and fighting there is still peace in the fact that one sleeps without worry? Can one sleep without any knowledge of what is going on around them? Can one sleep in complete innocence and security, knowing that no one can harm them? How is it that while those around them watch over them carefully, they find comfort in those small hours of sleep? The reason behind the rest is simple. It is faith. Faith in those who watch over them. Faith in the abilities of those around them. Faith in the protection they are under, not only faith, no, not at all. Rather, the combination of faith and love. Love that understands the heart of another. Love that takes a chance and trust that it will all work out for the better. For both the loved and their lover. Without love, one can have little faith. And without faith, there is no love. It is as simple as this. That is why, even amid all the war, Amiri was able to sleep so soundly under the wing of Dragomist, the dragon. Amiri loved Dragomist, as a dog would love its owner. Although Amiri was only a tiny figure of a teenage girl, she faithfully trusted the dragon that was more than five times her size. She would trust him with her life, because he had already saved it. Yes, not only one time either. Many times Dragomist had been there to save little Amiri's small, insignificant life. For this reason, Amiri would follow the dragon to her death. It's not like she had any other choice anyway. Amiri's parents had long since died in the war, and no one in the orphanage cared that she had gone missing. She had been gone for almost three weeks now, and little to no effort had been done to find her. This did not matter to Amiri, for in all honesty, she was better not to be found, being that she was often mistreated and bullied because of her small size and meek demeanor. She was so pale the other girls used to call her the ghostly skeleton. Her soft brown hair was thin and straight, reaching to the end of her back. Her green eyes were sunken from the lack of sleep and red from crying. Now things were different. Just by being with Dragomist, she had eaten some of the best-tasting foods and worn new, clean clothes. She has experienced rest for the first time, and Dragomist dares never to speak ill to her. She goes to sleep now with a smile on her face as the dragon wraps his wing about her for warmth and sings her a lullaby in his soft dragon tongue. But you cannot hear it aloud, no, for only the dragon can only for dragon can only sorry communicate with the human through the mind and miri has long since given dragon permission to do so they are now interconnected to each other feeling the emotions and the feelings of the other understanding each other in a way that most humans would crave to do it is only when dragon leaves that miri can no longer hear his words or know what he's feeling 
during this time of Miri always feels very lonely. There is no need to worry about that now, for Dragon Mist had returned and is laying by her side, cradling her in his wings like always and singing her his lullaby. His voice was softer and gentler than before. Miri knew this meant something bad must have happened. She opened her eyes and looked up at Dragon Mist. He was looking up at the opening in the cave they were in, looking at the stars. The moonlight glistened on his bright green scales and shined in his dark green eyes. When he looked at him more closely, she could see the moon reflecting off of tears coming down the neck and splashing onto the dry, sandy ground. Dragon Mist? Amiri's soft voice caused the dragon to startle. He had been deep in thought and had not even noticed Amiri's eyes were on him. He looked down at Amiri and sighed. Amiri, you must sleep. Tomorrow we must leave this cave. It is no longer safe, he reprimanded. Amiri bit her lip and touched his side. Dragon Mist knew this meant she was worried about him. He smiled softly and brought him his head down to her small hand, allowing her to stroke it. Ah, Amiri, it is all right. I will be fine. The kingdom of the dragons has fallen, and there's no longer any safety in being here, that is all. What about your family? Amiri asked, now fully awake. Her face was scrunched up and her burrows frowned. Are they all right? Dragon Mist pulled away from her hand and looked back up at the sky. The overwhelming grief in his heart could not handle the thought of it. His eyes looked back up at the empty sky, no longer to be filled with the wings of his fellow dragons. His chest heaved and a little scratch escaped his mouth. He looked back down at Amiri and noticed she too was in tears. He laid his head back down at her side. Amiri, we only have each other now. He said softly. This I promise now, that even if I am to die, I will protect you and provide for you, my little light. Miri's eyes widened. Oh, but you can't. You can't die, she exclaimed suddenly. If you die, I will be left alone. How will you protect me then? Dragon Mist let out a small laugh. You know, Miri, that if I were to die, it would still make sure you are protected and provided for. That way you will never be alone again. This is my promise. What about you, Dragon Mist? Amiri asked, stroking his head again. She could feel his head slightly lift at the question. Amiri, as long as you are safe and happy, there is not much else that I could wish for. He said, nuzzling in her until she laid back down. Now sleep. Tomorrow will be a journey. Amiri nodded and closed her eyes once again in sleep. Amiri could feel the heat of the sun on her face. The light was beginning to bother her closed eyes. She opened them slowly to allow herself to adjust to the light. She was not surprised that Dragon Mist was no longer there. It was his morning routine to go out and stretch his wings before breakfast. Amiri set about gathering branches from the trees near cave in preparation to build fire. He, she piled the branches in a small ditch that Dragon Mist had created with his talons to be used as their fire pit. 
Luckily, it hadn't rained last night, so the wood was dry and ready. Once Amiri was sure that she had gathered enough, she sat down at the entrance of the cave and waited for Dragonus to return. The cave was at the foot of the mountain, with another small cave just above it, that provided the view of the sky that Dragonmist always needed. It was relatively big, naturally. It had to be to fit a twenty-foot dragon in it. Even so, the largeness of the cave did not make it impossible to feel comfortable. The ground was covered in a sand, soft billowy sand, the kind of sand that could run through your fingers and sink through your toes. Amiri, who had long since lost her shoes, buried her toes in it as she waited. Dragon Mist finally came, a little later than he usually did this time, and came flying to her. She couldn't help but smile at his elegance and grace in the sky. It reminded her of a green sailboat, a sailboat effortlessly gliding along the lake shore. She land, he landed softly on the ground in front of her and bowed. Good morning, Amiri. His dark and husky mind voice felt like wax dripping down a candle slowly and steady. To Amiri, the sound of his voice reminded her of comfort and safety. She always felt at ease. He smiled up at him as he crawled up crawled into the cave and looked at the pile of wood gathered. Ah, Amiri, we ha- will have no fire today, I am afraid, Dragomus said, turning back to her. We will be leaving right away this time. It is no longer safe to stay here. Amiri nodded her understanding. I packed my things already. Shall I grab them, and then we can go? Dragomus turned back around and came out of the cave again before turning her at the entrance. He lay his head down and looked her in the eyes. Amiri, you must leave everything behind. They must believe that you have died here. Amiri was slightly confused by this, but she could see the earnestness in Dragonmist's eyes, so she nodded in her agreement. Dragonmist smiled and laid his head on the ground so that Amiri could climb onto his back. Once she was on, he turned his face to the sky once again. Amiri, I need you to close your eyes for a while, Dragomis said softly. I need you to trust me. I will tell you when you can open them again, all right? Amiri nodded. She knew that Dragomis didn't want her to see the war scene that they would be flying over. She knew that he didn't want her to see the millions of dead and bloody figures on the battlefield. She closed her eyes and laid her head on the back of his neck wrapping her hands around it. She felt him take a deep breath before lifting his wings out and pushing himself up into the air. Mary could feel the cold air of the early morning brushing through her hair, caressing her cheeks and tickling her ears. She couldn't help but smile as she lifted her face to receive it. The air rushed at her and smacked her in the face like cold water, washing over her and running down her cheeks to her neck. The light of the sun was penetrating through the heavy darkness of her eyelids, bringing a sense of warmth and hope. Amiri never felt so tempted to disobey Dragon Mist before then, right now. She could feel herself struggling with the desire to open her eyes and welcome the light completely. She knew Dragon Mist would be disappointed in her if she couldn't control herself, 
the, the, the desire was too strong. Very slowly, she released her hands from around Dragonus' necks, so he wouldn't be able to read her. She opened her eyes slowly and smiled at the sun, as the sun welcomed her eyes first. She looked at the blue sky and the beautiful fluffy white clouds. It was like she, was, she could just reach out and touch it. She didn't even realize that her hand had been stretched, began to stretch out. Dragon Mist turned suddenly, causing Amiri to once again grip onto his back and her eyes fell to the ground. Her eyes widened. The mountains were completely blackened. The trees of standing were also charcoal black and bare. Everywhere she looked, there was this wasteland. The lakes and rivers were a dirty gray color. She could see the fish on the surface just floating on top of the water. As she looked around, she suddenly could see a dark crimson color mixed with the black, oozing down the trees in big clumps on the ground and even flowing in the river. Blood. When they turned again, Amiri let out a gasp as tears began to flood down her face. They had just arrived at the battleground. Thousands of dragons were laying there. Their wings were torn. Their bodies were cut up in such a way that you could no longer recognize them. There were parts of the bodies that were missing or only a few feet from the dragon itself. There were also millions of dead human bodies burned to the crisp from the dragon's fire. There were arrow swords and other weapons everywhere. Most of the weapons were in the bloody bodies of the dragons. Mary found herself wanting to look away, but unable to. Wherever she looked, there was another lifeless body laying. Amiri, Dragon said, Dragon Mist said grimly. Amiri looked down at Dragon Mist's neck, realizing now that she had begun to grip him tightly. She knew that he, that he knew. Her eyes were opened. She bowed her head in shame to laying it back down. Have you seen it then? He said. His voice broke slightly. Amiri nodded. I'm sorry, Dragon Mist. I have seen it. He sighed and begins to sob as they flew on, allowing his screech to come forward. Scree! Scree! He, began, he repeated this cry and beat his chest with his claws until they had passed beyond the Dragon Kingdom. Why is it that humans so badly want wealth that they are willing to kill for it? He asked suddenly as they came to the bar barrier. Amiri shook her head. She didn't understand it either. She knew the, of the dragon's legendary wealth, even though she knew it was not entirely true. She knew the dragons held the key to a cave. This cave has been the ca very cause of the war's beginning. Everyone wanted whatever treasures they were held inside. They fought each other to get here, and then fought the dragons to gain access to it. Now that the Dragon Kingdom has fallen, does that mean the cave has been unlocked? Miri was afraid to ask Dragon Mist about it, but curiosity won over fear, and she touched his cheek with his forehead, with her forehead, giving her, giving him access to her thoughts. Dragon Mist glanced back at her and dived down to the ground, causing Miri to gra grip tightly to his neck until they landed suddenly at the bar barrier of the Dragon Kingdom. He bowed so that she could get off of him. Once she was off, 
He sat down in front of her and brought her eyes down to his, her level. Amiri, no one could get into the cave, ever, he said. His voice hissed in anger. His tone sent a shiver down to Amiri's spine. No one but the dragon has the way to enter the cave. Unless one has a dragon, they cannot enter the cave. Well, then why do the humans attack you instead of trying to become allies with you? Dragon Mist sighed, calming himself down. They think that as long as they have the key, they can enter, he said, looking up at the sky. But the key is only half of the entrance. Most humans do not understand the other half of this legend. So humans simply didn't understand that they also needed you and not just the key? Dragon Mist nodded and looked down at her again. I am the only living dragon left now. There has been a few humans that understand the real legend, and there are, and there are also many creatures who have figured it out now. So now they are in search of you. Dragon Mist nodded again. But not just me, they also in search of the key. If they were to capture me, they would get both. What do you plan on doing? Dragon Mist lowered his head, his head to her again so that she could get back on. I must go to the cave and destroy it. This is the only way to stop the war and protect the key. Miri looked slightly confused as she climbed back on him. If you're going to destroy it, why are we leaving the kingdom? There is something I need for someone to fulfill the legend and destroy the cave. What? Dragon Mist grew silent as they lifted back into the air. After a couple minutes in silence, he answered, Well, it is something that will be very hard to get. It will be dangerous, and we most likely will have, have to fight to get it from the owner. Dra Amiri nodded. We can do it, though. We have to, Dragonus said. His eyes flashed in fury. We have to stop this war. All right, peoples, we're going to stop there for now. Um, there's uh, just still a lot um, that is going to be happening, so it's not over, but we're getting to the 20-minute mark, so I will do a part two of The Promise of the Dragon, and I hope you stay tuned so that you can hear the other half of the story. Tell me what you think about it. Let me hear what you have to say. Leave a comment. Um, and if you really like it, purchase it for yourself. It's available on lulu.com. It's only $5 uh, plus shipping fee though. So technically it's about $11 to be fair, um, but it's listed on Lulu as $5. So it's a very cheap uh, short novel to buy and it's very short novel. So it's going to be easy for you to read. Not a difficult um, long reading process. For those who have a hard time just engaging in a long novel, this is the read for you. All right. Thank you all for listening and have a good day. All right, guys, I'm back for another episode. It's sorry that um, I skipped last week. And guys are probably stressed out because you wanted to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> um, so let's get back 
into the promise of the dragon. We left off at uh, the second part, which ended with them talking about the war. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go ahead and listen to the first part first, because that's where we're at. And then we can move on to this one. All right. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I'm, I'm getting over COVID. So if I stop in the middle of this, that's because of that. Dragon Mist and Amiri traveled in silence after this for many hours. Amiri rested on Dragon Mist's back, watching as the trees disappeared behind them. The first place they had to go was the Wing Kingdom. This kingdom held every other magical and non-magical creature that could fly besides Dragon. The only reason why dragons weren't part of this kingdom was because there was too many of them. So the dragons had to break off into their kingdom to keep the Wing Kingdom from poverty and overcrowding. Most of those in the Wing Kingdom were neutral in the war. Some even sided with the dragons and fought alongside them when the first attack on the Dragon Kingdom was made. So when Dragon Mist arrived at the kingdom's barrier, he was less cautious than before, knowing that he would be welcomed here. He landed and walked through the barrier, looking around carefully, even though he would be welcomed, there were some winged creatures who were dangerous to him and Amiri. He looked around and after seeing no creatures, he walked on. Amiri, who was now looking around at the scenery, stayed silent. Suddenly, Dragon Mist lowered his head to the ground and turned his face to Amiri. Can you walk? he asked. Amiri nodded and slid down off his back, landing hard on the ground. The ground was covered with a thick layer of leaves from the trees surrounding them. The trees seemed to be mostly maple and oak. Mary kicked up the leaves to see what lay underneath. Millions of ti- little tiny flying things came out in rage and began to swarm her. Mary let out a little squeal and began running, swatting at the creatures as they bit her. Dragon Mist watched her run ahead and snorted in laughter. He shook his head and softly blew on her, causing the creatures to fly away and knocking her to the ground. Mary. I think you better remember to behave now, Dragon Mist said, his voice cracking a little at the end as he let out a laugh. You don't want those little creatures to come back with their friends. Amiri glared at him. It's not funny, she stated, now beginning to itch the tiny bites on her neck, face and neck. Dragon Mist stopped laughing, but he still smiled big as he knelt and plucked a a large leaf off the tree. Hold still, don't itch it, he reprimanded as he bought, brought the leaf to just over her head. I'm about to pour some water on you. It's healing water, so don't resist it. It will heal the bites as it reaches them. Amiri frowned, but nodded and put her head, hands into her side and closed her eyes. 
Dragonmist giggled and poured the water onto Amiri's head. Amiri, Amiri practically jumped out of her skin. The water felt like liquid ice. Amiri could and could couldn't help but let out a whoop as the water trickled down her back and chest. She began to jump around and shout. Dragonmist laughed and pla- placed his claw on top of her head to make her stay in one place. Endure it a little longer, Miri, Dragonmist said softly. It will be done soon. Miri nodded and walked ahead of Dragonmist. It wasn't long before they reached the outskirts of the kingdom. Miri looked at Dragonmist. She could see the, term- the determination in his eyes as he looked at the kingdom. Mary followed his gaze and noticed that he was looking directly at the large castle on the hill in the center of the kingdom. Her eyes widened. You plan on going there? she asked, looking back up at him. Dragon Mist nodded and smiled. There is where my something is, he said. As I said, it is going to be dangerous. Mary looked at the castle. What exactly are we going to get? A dewdrop from the wingy <clears throat> A dewdrop from the winged leaf tree leaf. Dragon Mist pull, put his head down so that Amiri could climb back on. The trees grow in the bell tower that is located at the back of the castle. I will have to fly you to it, but when we get there it will be up to you to get the dewdrop. I will protect you from the outside of the tower. Amiri smiled. All right, sounds like a plan. Dragon Mist lifted off and flew into the castle view. The guards at the castle wall began calling, Dragon! Dragon! The horns started to sound, and the castle wall was soon crowded with winged creatures with bows and arrows. Dragon Mist looked down at them and let out a deafening scream, knocking half of them down. Those who could hold up left their arrow, let their arrows fly. Dragonman laughed as he dodged them. Hold on, he called to Amiri as he closed his wings around him and did a complete 360 twirl through the air as he whizzed past the wall and headed straight over to the tower. As he got close, he suddenly stretched his wings out and pull, pushed his claws in front of him, allowing the wind to catch his wings and slow him down enough to make a soft landing on the edge of the tower. He lowered his head, and Amiri quickly slid down it, landing herself on the stone floor of the tower. She glanced back at Dragon Mist. He nodded at her and looked back behind him. She smiled and ran towards the bell. She could hear the guards calling out about the dragon at the bell tower and the girl running towards the bell. She could hear them yelling at her to stop. She didn't dare. She could hear Dragon Mist's screams behind her. She could feel the heat from his fire and knew that he must be fighting off the guards. When she reached the bell, she let out a soft gasp. Below the giant bell in a ditch was a giant tree. It looked like a twisted oak, but the only difference is that this tree glowed a brilliant, soft yellow color. As she approached the tree, it seemed to be alive. It moved up and down as if it was breathing, the branches swaying with every breath. 
If it was alive, it seemed to be in a deep sleep. And Mary approached it quietly and reached the, the closest branch, the only one she could reach. She slowly bent it until some leaves were close enough for her to touch. With her other hand, she bent one of the leaves and allowed the dewdrop to drop into her palm. To her surprise, as soon as the cold, wet dewdrop hit her hand, it hardened into a small blue crystal. She smiled and carefully let go of the branch, allowing it to go back into its normal state without disturbing the tree. Then as quietly as she had approached, Amiri left and ran back to Dragon Mist. Dragon Mist, she shouted as she came out. Dragon Mist looked at her and smiled big. Just then an arrow came flying by and hit Dragon Mist. He let out a painful eye and began to drop off the edge. No, Mary shouted as she ran out towards the edge. Dragon Mist's eyes popped open at her shout, and he quickly gained his footing back on the ledge. Swiping Amiri up with his claws, he flew them out of there as the arrows kept flying. Amiri could feel blood dripping onto her shoulder and looked back up at Dragon Mist. He was severely wounded, she could tell, for he was barely holding on to her as they escaped. Once they had reached the familiar forest that was a barrier, Amiri touched Dragon Mist's claw. Set me down here, Dragon Mist. Dragon Mist kept going, though, and Amiri looked up at him again. His eyes were red, filled with rage and pain. She knew that as long as he was in this state, he would not be able to hear her. She waited until she could see his eyes starting to change into their natural green color and saw that he was leading them to the mountainside. Once in view, she could see that there was a cave there. Amiri smiled and patted Dragon Mist on the side. Dragon Mist winced at her touch and landed hard at the entrance. Amiri almost flew to the ground, but she gripped just in time. Once they landed, Dragon Mist released his grip on Amiri. She jumped off quickly and looked at the wounds on his chest. There were several arrows in his chest, wings, and left side. He looked at her. His eyes were filled with pain and worry. Amiri moved to the front of his face. I'm going to pull them out, Dragon Mist, Amiri whispered gently. I'll have to do it fast to make it less painful. Dragon Mist nodded. With that, Amiri began pulling out the arrows quickly. Dragon Mist let out a painful moan each time, but he withheld screaming for fear of revealing their location to the winged creatures. Once Mary was done, Dragon Mist began to lick his wounds. The magic in his saliva caused the wounds to slowly heal. Mary sat down in the cave and began gathering some leaves to make a bed out of. Get some sleep, Mary, Dragon Mist said softly as she was finishing up. Tomorrow we will return to the Dragon Kingdom. Must we, while you are still healing? Amiri asked as she lay down on her leaf bed. Dragon Mist tried to laugh but winced a little. I will be fine by tomorrow, Amiri. Just trust me. Seeing that she could not convince him otherwise, 
and Mary found herself unable to keep her eyes open any longer, and she fell into a deep sleep as Dragon Mist kept watch through the night. When Mary woke up, she was lying on Dragon Mist's back. It was still early morning, but they were traveling through the crisp morning air. Mary sighed. Dragon Mist must have healed last night and decided to keep them moving. She looked around and patted Dragon Mist's neck. We're almost there, Amiri, Dragomis said. Rest for a little while longer. I will let you know when we have arrived. Amiri nodded, but as she laid her head back down, she couldn't. her eyes couldn't close. She gazed at the ground as thousands of acres of trees went whizzing past. She felt a little sigh coming from Dragomis's his head bowed slightly. She looked up only to see the same battlefield that they had seen when leaving the cave. The burnt ground, the small fires, the dead bodies, the dead dragons everywhere. The sadness that came from her dragon overwhelmed her, and she could feel tears starting to rise in her eyes. I'm sorry, Amiri, Dragon Mist said, his whispered tone sounding shaking with grief. I can't stop you from feeling my sorrow right now. Drag- Amiri hugged Dragomist's nest. It's all right, Dragomist. I feel grief, too. These creatures were a part of me, too. Dragomist smiled softly. He moved his head to the second mountain. We are going there, Amiri. There will be many people and creatures there trying to get to that cave. He shook his head. We might have to fight just to get to the entrance. Miri was worried about Dragomist. Although she knew he was healed, she didn't like the idea of him fighting after being so badly injured in his last attempt. Dragomist felt her worry, and she could feel his warm, a warm feeling on her legs. He was trying to comfort her. In his mind, though, there was a heavy weight of what he must do to destroy the cave. Miri could tell he was worried, too even though he blocked her from knowing why. She hugged him. Mm, she said, let's try our best to bring justice to your family. Dragimus smiled and let out a furious roar. And those that was two new parts to the story. It's not over, guys, but as I like to do, I never like to keep these sessions longer than 15 to 20 minutes uh so if you find this book interesting and you want to read along go ahead and head over to lulu.com and purchase it it's a five dollars with uh five dollars um on the site but there is a shipping fee so the range is about $11 to the max. And it's a 22-page book, so it's an extremely short book, short novel for you and your family to read and enjoy. Uh, and that's all I have for you today. So check in next week or the week after that, depending on whether or not what next week is works out for part three of the promise of the dragon and maybe we'll be finished with the story by then 
So thank you and good night.